<laughs> See, I one of my coworkers who I I'm fucking well on the podcast. All these stealth records. Now people are gonna know my opinions about television. One of my coworkers who I think uh, has like a good level-headed approach when it comes to criticism was like, so I decided to check out the new season of Rick and Morty, and I think they're phoning it in now. That 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 was his thing, and then he's like, and then I watched Solar Opposites, and I was like, yeah, they're definitely phoning it in now. Those are different. Pe- th- you can't. It's so unfair to compare those. Well, ones. no, no. He was just saying the quality of like what you come to expect from a Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland. Dan Harmon isn't involved in Solar Opposites. He's not. So it's just Justin. It's Roiland. just Justin Roiland. Well, still, like with Rick and Morty, that was his big criticism. He was like, oh, I just. You know, I thought it was really good for a long time, and I feel like the initial whatever when it came back was like, eh. I think these current episodes of like season four, part two, are actually very strong. Yeah, they're good. Season four, part one is probably, if you had to arrange them all in like a list, top to bottom per episode, most of season four, part eight would, I think all of season four, part eight would be like in the second half. In the bottom half of all the episodes, mm. right? But uh, season four part B is pretty strong, and also like, it's not. It's like I've come to expect that show to kind of be like a solid A. So when it gives B plus episodes, I can see how it's like. Well, it's relatively less good, mm. but uh, it's hard to it's hard to for me to criticize it that much knowing that like they're still they're they're not bad i would have never called any of them like bad or like criminally subpar and i'm someone who at this point doesn't want to like rick and morty because (laughs) of how fucking obnoxious and dumb the fans are how many kids watch and how like my young cousins will be like you watch rick and morty like i want to like i hate that i'm so excited and waiting for sunday night with bated breath to actually you know watch the new episodes because in theory, I don't want to, but they, is this still, they still airing? Have, yeah, it's airing right now. Oh, okay. And this is the end of season two, and apparently they haven't even started anything for season five. Yeah, this is the end of season four. I think there's like this week and maybe two more, three more weeks after this week. So they they split it up, but hmm. yeah, but they got like sixty more episodes, right? What? Yeah, sixty or something. <laughs> they sign on for a hundred. They're gonna eventually get bad and silly and and. Wow, but they're not there yet, and that's fine. I'm fine with them, and I'm going to watch all of them. I've heard that they've been. I've I've heard that Adult Swim has locked Dan Harmon and Justin Roiland in a room, and just like you can't talk to anyone, you can't do it, just work. But we'll see. I don't know. Dude, contracts are wild. I don't know. (laughs) We should. I'm surprised that I'm surprised you just haven't watched season three and four. Didn't I give those to you? I still give you Mr. Robot, right? You haven't watched that either. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I don't. I will. Yeah. I will. Uh-huh. I just have to be in the right mood, the mindset. You've watched a uh, collective 20 to 40 hours of anime in the last month. That's not true. I was watching not anime, it's American animation. I watched And you won't even watch Avatar. I am going to that's next. That's, that's next. That's after, next after on, your 300 episode show that you're watching. I'm right I'm watching uh Clone Wars because I hear it got really good and at first I was like really put off. I was like, "Ah, oh, this show's not good." Like it's just not good. But then it starts to get into like a lot of the gritty war stuff where I'm like, "Oh, this is actually pretty interesting and this is also pretty heavy concepts for a kids show because it's about war." I'm so turned off by all Star Wars media. If we don't eventually start talking about 
video games people just gonna how, how many people have collectively tuned oh wow that's too much <laughs> oh, so sorry that's, that's gross you need to you need to cut that no i'm gonna heighten it no i'm gonna put like a weird reverb and like weird that's, warp. Uh, that's too we're like five minutes now of, of people not talking about video games so when but th- people- that's because it's it this is gonna be like a shorter one you know because florence is inherently a game that will probably take you one episode of rick and morty to finish uh, I, I mean, not if you're really watching it, <laughs> because that shit is so dense with, you know what? Hold on. This <laughs> is, you know what? I just had like this weird epiphany. I don't, I think I like Rick and Morty because I inherently enjoy media that is, uh, nihilistic and solar opposites does not have that type of humor it's a and it's not pop culture humor which i'm also a fan of which rick and morty does there's some pop culture humor and so, humor and solar opposites but it's mo- a little more zany mm. and a little less you like darker nigh- humor yeah I, I i like my humor to be sad almost mm. uh which is which is why i thought that uh yeah that that's that's definitely that's definitely part of it also, it's weird to see someone not be Rick, but voiced by Rick. It's like you can't really fully separate the two in your mind anymore. There's a whole bunch of stuff. But Dude, spoilers. If you want to talk about sad stories, we can talk about Florence. Because everyone should have played Florence. Because it's cheap. You can play it on whatever fucking system you have, including your phone. It doesn't take very long. Um, neither will the podcast. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it uh, takes like less than an hour to takes less than, I think that I clocked in actually at 38 minutes. Okay. I, I had played it twice. The first time I probably put like 40 minutes, 50, just because I was like, I really liked the art in the game. But then like this morning I was like, oh, I should just probably play it again because it's been a while. So I powered through it in like 25. It's been a while. So kind of just got a, a fresh perspective. Oh my head up high. It's been a while. Do you think that, what's her name, Michelle? Yo listens to that? Yeah, definitely. She's, she's <laughs> a fucking sad girl. Tell me about Florence, Nick. Why? So, Florence coming out a couple of years ago. I feel like it was a couple of years ago. I think yeah, it was 18. like 2017, 2018? Right around there. We should know this. We were talking about it, but whatever. I don't know it. I'm guilty. Uh, I remember it came out. You played it right away. How did it get on your radar? Uh, it was a game that I had seen. I think it was in an Annapurna um like showcase where they had like a sizzle show like uh showcasing you know what remains of edith finch do you like high art and indie games well tune into annapurna showcase and and one of the ones that really caught my eye was florence just because i thought it looked very pretty i like the art style as just something that innately grabbed me because uh it, it reminds me a lot of this artist named zach gorman and zach gorman does a lot of uh prop like video game ish art he's done that like very iconic golden eye N64 one where you've probably seen where it's just like four kids on a rainy night. They're all gathered around a TV and an N64 and it's just like the light rain in the background and stuff like that. Uh, He has a Final Fantasy VI print that I have hanging on my wall. Mm -hmm. So like it looked like he made a game. He he didn't, but I was just like, that's what innately grabbed me. And then uh, what I learned about uh, Florence was that it is a narrative quote-unquote game it is not a game in the sense that you can win and you can lose this is a visual novel uh more so than i think even something like danganronpa because danganronpa there's still some sort of skill puzzle solving this is just a story 
that's told through an interactive medium. And that is the goal of this game. The The act of playing the game is part of the story. I never know where does the line exist for like interactive game story thing versus it actually becoming a game. Like Because Florence feels pretty much as close as you can get to not being a game anymore. Mm -hmm. But then on that same spectrum, there is other things. Like, you know, we talked about Goragoa last time. I would call that closer to a game because of the decent amount of puzzle solving. There's um, Gone Home. Where does that lie in the spectrum? There's Firewatch. Where does that lie in the spectrum? Mm -hmm. Like, um, I think this... Uh, there's like other things that are more text-based like Emily is away what like there's this full idea of like what constitutes game versus just like interactive visual novel stuff and Florence feels probably the least amount of gamey that you can get um, while still having some type of like interaction it feels like I was never changing any game state yeah, like there was my action. There is no way that you can play through Florence and you won't see the ending of it, essentially. Like, there's just, in a sense, like Goragoa, because I think Goragoa and Florence are very similar in their framing for their type of game, mm-hmm. in that, you know, it is telling you a story that you are interacting with, and as you interact with it, more of the story gets told. But the difference between something like Florence and Goragoa, I think they're can be a point in Goragoa if you don't know what to do next then you will you are effectively in limbo with that game story you cannot proceed Mm -hmm. because you haven't figured it out whereas Florence it'll basically unfold no matter what happens no matter what you do you just as long as you interact with your phone what if you don't put the text puzzle pieces together for the conversations? Like, will the game just stop? Will it eventually put them together for you? I guess, but that's also like... that. I, I think that there's a lot of things that Florence does that's very smart with the way it uses its interactive elements. Um, so, like, you, you're talking early on in the game when you are... Uh, you meet... What's his face? You meet the boyfriend. I mean, you meet the musician. Yeah, I was just calling him boy and her girl because I'm I'm simple dumb dumb brain who just has. Uh, no, I mean I don't really remember any of it. I do remember Michelle just because it pops up so many times. But you 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 mentioned the dialogue puzzles and it's just a series of word balloons that you don't see what they're saying, but you make like really quick and easy puzzle pieces that kind of fit together. And at first it's kind of difficult and a little bit clumsy, but then as they get to know each other, the pieces get a little bit more easy and they get bigger. And eventually you're just putting a single puzzle piece into a a, a word bubble because their conversation is so natural. They have this rapport and it's a a perfect marriage of storytelling and gameplay because the game reflects the state of the story. Is this a game about a relationship or more so a game about Michelle and just like, kind of uh more in the realm of of women i think this is not a game specifically about women i do think that this is a game that is just a slice of life this is a a moment in a person's life that was super it's a pretty big moment though you're like yeah yeah. when, when you say moment and not to cut you off i'm sorry when you say moment it's like i think about like a moment mm-hmm uh, but it's this, a period of time because this, it takes place a over like period of time. This is this, a yeah. year and a half. We're, we're looking at like we're looking at at, at you know uh, not Florence Michelle uh, who's in the game Florence. It's a whole thing. <laughs> um, you know, being sad, being alone, mm-hmm. not really having anyone. She's not, really she's being not happy. She's not 
I don't think she's sad. I think she's just, I think she's in a state of mind that a lot of people now find themselves in where you're just in the, you're in a routine, you're in a rut and it's not inherently bad. You just wish something would happen because it's all the same thing every day. She gets up, she walks to work, she listens to her music and she does some accounting work that's super simple. But like, again, it reflects just it's kind of monotonous and super easy to do, but kind of a pain because it's not fun. And it's that over and over again until the battery on her phone dies and something changes in her schedule, in her routine. A wrench gets thrown in there. And that's when she hears music from some external source, from boy. And I think that the the thing that Florence does very well that I'm a big fan of is it's kind of combination of it's not magical realism because I don't believe that Michelle is actually floating in the air, but I do love its commitment to that visual style where you are kind of dancing along by tapping the music notes that are getting closer and closer together. And it's like kind of the sweeping music that plays as she floats more and more towards the apple of her eye you know and, and i think it, it all gets revealed in very fun ways uh do you play this game and then like start rooting for michelle are you like yeah good job you found a human you're gonna do this stereotypical human thing and start being in a relationship oh we're moving in together um I don't say that I'm rooting for her, but I'm watching with bated breath because it feels like a social experiment that I'm privy to without anyone else knowing. I feel like I am sort of this external factor that is observing a human moment, a human interaction, and watching that course of the relationship unfold. Mm -hmm. And I think that's super unique, and it harkens back to the style of game you don't really see too often. Um, I think it started back with like Will Wright when he made a weird Mac game about ants um, and you basically just have an ant colony and you could watch them unfold and you could interact with the ant colony a little bit by, you know, Sims ants. Is that what it's called? I don't know. I know there was a Sims ants. That, that's probably what it is. I'm pretty sure that was like the first one, but you are effectively just watching a social experiment unfold and you interact with it in small ways. Something like Digimon world also kind of treads in that territory. And then another big prominent franchise in Japan, at least is a series called wonder project J where you have a child that you are kind of trying to, you don't control them, but you kind of give them food. You teach them lessons and then you let the AI take control. And if you did everything properly, then the character will do the things that you know, you want them to do to some extent. And this feels very much like that because I am kind of like the, I am the random chance, the random occurrences that are kind of helping Michelle find love or find herself. And you are just the thing that is opening the boxes and stuff like that. And I think that's pretty neat. Not a lot of games do something like that. Hmm. I, when I was playing through, I feel like I got... Um, like I sometimes do in games, just media in general, which was impatient. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't necessarily living through all of the moments mm -hmm. and just like enjoying the scenery and, a and taking in like the story. It's just like, well, let me consume this faster. How am I, how am I, how can I speed run this? No. Not, not like that, but like, uh, like, like next, 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 next. I almost felt like I was trying to skip dialogue boxes, even though those don't exist. Like everything is completely visual. So I wonder if that means that like I wasn't as engaged as I could have been. Um, I definitely like 
I have an appreciation for what they were doing and like the succinctness of it and mm-hmm. the beauty of it and it being, you know, so uh, well done on a phone environment for a game like this. And I, I both appreciate that, but never think like, uh, oh man, like I got to go tell people to play Florence or like, oh, I want to like champion this. It just felt like a, like a fun little afternoon bite-sized experience that i'm probably going to forget and not think about in six months or a year well i think that's what this game offers i think this game does offer any type of player something like for you it might be just the broad strokes of what happened in this girl's life Mm -hmm. which is you know that's a, a cool little insight and maybe you learned something maybe you didn't but it offers that or for people who do want to take it slow you do kind of see how getting into a relationship and moving into together the compromises that get made this i really really love the moments where the boyfriend finally moves in with her and it's just like he's replacing some of the things in her home with his stuff and it's like you got to keep the longboard and the spices and i was like how messed up would it be if this dude was like all right picture of you and your mom it's got to go. <laughs> but like, I just like that the game is like, hey, you you know, that's what a relationship is to some extent is you kind of sharing your life with someone. So you have to compromise and, hey, maybe you don't have an entire bookcase full of books. Maybe, you know, you let the other person bring some of their life with them, you know. And, and I think that it does a good job of gamifying it to some extent. Mm-hmm. And I think the first time I played this game, I definitely spent a lot longer just kind of soaking in every scene because it's all pretty short. But this time I was like, okay, well, I don't need to really pay attention to this because I've done it before. I already know. So I just want to get to the next scene. Um, and I feel like I just got a little bit of a different experience as a result, but I still got something from it. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious when people comment and respond to this, what they thought about it. Um, I, I'm, I'm more interested to hear like other people's feedback on this game, mm-hmm. just because I feel like because it is so succinct that people are able to just like get through it and then like kind of show their thoughts at you. It's not like we're being like, "Hey, everybody, play." All of fucking yep. Elder Scrolls Skyrim. Play all of Hollow Knight. <laughs> That's always the game that comes to my head when I think about a game to talk about on the show. And I need to stop like having every game that I think about be Hollow Knight. It's like, hey, everybody, play all of Detroit Become Human and then let me know what you think. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's much easier to be like, hey, drop your thoughts on Florence in the comments below because I'm curious about your brain cells. Um, I, I think that this game is a perfect example of what storytelling is for both a, a storyteller and someone who's coming to, you know, basically just consuming the the product. Because I think that, you know, to some extent, I truly do believe in, like, uh, authorial intent where, like, the author has is trying to say something. But at the same time, I do also believe in death of the author where it really is just up to what your reader, your user, your viewer brings to the experience. And I think that Florence is a textbook example of extrapolating your own personal memories and your own personal politics when it comes to relationships and bringing that to the product. Because if you have been in a relationship and you have broken up, then I think that Florence speaks to you uh, in a much different way than someone who's never broken up or never been in a relationship. Yeah, I think that it's really interesting because I'm sure that Florence is like ripe with those abilities to kind of just trigger personal memories in someone Mm -hmm. that like you know you start attaching the characters feel kind of like 
a little bit blank slatey. It's, yeah. It feels very easy to impose yourself either on Florence or on Boy. Um, <laughs> and just, just kind of get that per perspective. So it's hard to not play this game and not think about uh, connections to your own life, which is, you know, cool because not all games do that. A lot of games, you know, revel in escapism or Florence, like is that but also it really it's it's such a topic that you can't not think about your own impacts it it feels like truly the game version of smelling something that kind of brings that memory back to the forefront of your mind them sniffing salts yeah like it's just it evokes that sense of nostalgia combined with like loving memory which is very nice and like the fact that a 40 minute game made me feel something like that was like oh well done like good job like that was really really nice and part of me feels like that's easy to evoke something just based on the the nature of the game and what it's about but i do think that there is something sort of heartbreaking in its representations of you know love and the kind of unfolding of that relationship like i love the scene where they essentially are breaking up and it's a picture of them hugging that it's all torn to pieces and you kind of have to assemble it. But as you like take longer, the pieces start floating apart more. So it kind of becomes a little bit more difficult to, to reform the puzzle. That was, nice. that was one of the more fun aspects. Um, I liked that. I liked, you know, speed running the text bubbles. I liked putting, yeah, like throwing away the picture of you and your mom to put other things in the apartment. <laughs> no. I, I love the text, like the, the conversation bubbles, because I think it's such a fun thing. It turns something that is like it's a good example of getting introducing a mechanic early on and then flipping it on its head at the end of the game where in the beginning it's like, oh, this is cute. They're getting to know each other and I get what you're doing here. And then as they argue you feel like you're just mm, 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 mm. It, it almost feels like a rhythm game where you're kind of trying to like lever or leverage every single part of your argument in this like yeah. discussion it's like oh i get what you're doing here and then at a certain point the puzzle pieces just don't fit together like there's there's a point where they're both asleep in bed and uh you can like you know, it's usually like a collage of, of something that you're forming and you would think, oh, I'm just going to make the picture of them in bed together. And it's like they made up. But this time when you make her side and you make his side and you're like, oh, the the connecting pieces are on their other side. So then you go to flip it. Then you realize the pieces are no longer compatible. And it's just like, oh, wow, that was really cool. That's, that's a fun thing that you're doing here. I really like that. Yeah. Um, Florence gets like a weird pseudo recommendation kind of recommendation from me it's like because it is short you can just kind of power through it and be like oh this was an interesting experience that i think i enjoyed but i don't think it's something that i'm like gonna run around and be like everybody play this game i think that if you if you somehow listen to all this not playing it and we perked your interest at all like you should go try it i'm not gonna try and discourage people from from trying out florence especially if you can just like snag it on sale and yeah it's a small commitment it, yeah um but also i i feel like i wanted more and maybe that's just because i knew that you were a fan and had really nice things to say so maybe i built it up a little bit too much in my head and then when i actually got there i'm like this isn't everything that i thought it was going to be and that's okay that's fine i think it was still you know good on its own feet but i don't think that it is uh you know something that i'm gonna go around and champion tell everyone to play unless you want to then you should then you should play and let us know 
if you liked it because i'm interested in other like i said i'm interested in what other people say about this I, I think this is one of those games that i would recommend for people who you know they bought a switch because they want to play animal crossing and now that they're bored of animal crossing they want to experience something else maybe they're not as experienced with video games as maybe you or me so they just want to see what the medium can do i feel like oh check out florence i think it's a fun time i think you'll enjoy yourself great music and i think it's a very cute experience yeah, I think I think people should should touch it. So it's for the casuals. It's for the casuals. It's fine to do a casual thing every now yeah. and then, right? Like this is a casual podcast. We got casual games, and um, I think that the imaginary criticism that exists in my head that uh, isn't actually there because no one's actually complained about this. Um, talk to us about the podcast on Discord, by the way, which I'm more interested in what you're what you're thinking. Uh, we're doing. We're kind of flipping the script, and we're going from from two games that are like semi casual to a game that is still casual ish, but fucking crippling. Uh, because <laughs> I might I might have just given it away. The poll results for the Patreon poll is back for the uh, for the game that we're going to do next week. What are we doing? And the game that we're doing next week, oh boy, is uh, Baba is you. Baba is me. Baba is you. You is Baba. No, Baba is you. Got it. That's we're just playing Baba is you, and uh, I'm excited to finally play it. Maybe I'll give you my Switch because I own it, and I don't think you do. Correct. That's probably the best the easiest way to do that. I think there's there's different save files. How long am I gonna take to play this game? I I'm interested in how much. Your, I'm interested in how much this game is going to consume your next week. <laughs> there's, there's a couple different options, right? The, the first option is you play it for a little bit. You don't feel that engaged with it. And you feel no reason to hold the podcast up to like play a fuck ton of it. Hmm. Because it's either like too hard or you don't like it or what have you. Or you like it a lot and then that anime fucking Star Wars you're watching goes in the back burner because you're just like every moment from the bath to the toilet to between your video calls at work, you're going to be fucking with Baba as you puzzles <laughs> or somewhere in between. I'm really interested to see there. I'm really interested to see where you get with it. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you're not going to finish it. Okay. I don't want to prime you or the audience uh, but I think that we should we should commit to doing it, and uh, I'm interested to see interested to see how much you like it, because if I talk more about it, then I'm just getting into next week's podcast. So I need to I need to reel it back in and just hand you over my switch and see see what happens. So there you have it. The next garbage game club game is Baba is you.